Support for the following podcast comes from the Church Mental Health Summit, a free virtual summit with over 50 speakers from all around the world, all focused on equipping the local church to support mental health in their community. To check out the speakers and to register for free, go to churchmentalhealthsummit.com. From Hope Made Strong, this is the Care Ministry Podcast, a show about equipping ministry leaders and transforming communities through care. Supporting those in your church and community not only changes individuals' lives, but it grows and strengthens a church. But we want to do that without burning out, so listen in as we learn about tools, strategies, and resources that will equip your team and strengthen hope. I'm Laura Howe, and welcome to the Care Ministry Podcast. On the podcast this week, we have a preview or a mini trailer of six different talks that are going to be offered at this year's Church Mental Health Summit on October 10th. Now, there are over 50 talks, so this is just a very small sample of what you're going to find. And let me say that this isn't one of those movie trailers that once you watch it, you're like, well, that pretty much sums up the whole movie. Or you think, well, that trailer just showed all the best part. What's the point of going to the show. But I think these talks are, I chose these talks because they offer uh, such a diverse range and they really show the broad range that you are going to hear from every speaker. But first I'll share a brief overview of what the Church Mental Health Summit is, and then we're going to dive into these previews. The Church Mental Health Summit is an online summit that goes live on October 10th. Our sponsors have made it possible to offer everyone free access for one day in honor of World Mental Health Day. And our goal is to equip the local church to support mental health in their leaders, their congregants, and their communities. On October 10th at 7 a.m. Eastern, right until midnight Eastern, all talks, all of them, every single one, nothing is being left out. All talks are open for free. There's no schedule. There are no breaks. It's kind of like Netflix, where once you log in and you have access to all the talks, you just have to find one, click, and then listen and enjoy. This really reduces the barrier to access this incredible incredible information. No matter what time zone you're in, or no matter if you have to work or you have events going on, at some point between 7 a.m. Eastern and 12 midnight or 11.59, you are able to hear from these incredible speakers. With over 50 talks, it can be hard to figure out which one you're going to watch. So we've organized the talks into four different categories or four different tracks to help keep things organized. What they are is the first one is global health, where we're exploring the cultural influences and impacts on mental health and how to strengthen those who are in global missions. Number two is community health, addressing issues faced throughout the church and community. Things like anxiety, depression, addiction, suicide, eating disorders, all of these things, anything that would be experienced by a member in your community, this is where we're talking about it. The third category, the third track is church health, equipping the churches or equipping your church and you to care for your community by breaking down stigma, talking about culture and offering creative ministry ideas. Now, the fourth is leadership health. And here's where we want to learn strategies to help thrive in your leadership role or strengthen your well-being and prevent ministry burnout and fatigue. This really allows anyone, whether you're a ministry leader, clinician, peer, friend, or family, you're going to find some value in these talks. No, nothing is blocked off. You can watch any of the talks. It doesn't, you don't have to be a ministry leader to listen to the leadership health. Nothing is held back or designated for specific people. 
And for those who are not able to watch on the 10th or want more time to go through all the sessions, or even if you want to share them with your team or use them for volunteer training, you can purchase an all access pass for $79. And this allows you to have lifetime access to all the sessions. The summit brings together clinicians and speakers and thought leaders from all over the world. Pastors, those with lived experience, organizational leaders. These are the people who are on the front lines and cutting edge of care and supporting mental health in your faith and in your church. And I'm excited to be highlighting a few here in this episode. The first speaker, the first person, or I should say first people, are actually my co-presenting sponsors. They And they did not get on this podcast because they're sponsors, but because their talk is offering something really valuable, and I think it's really interesting. Jamie Atten and Ken Anand, they are co-founders of Spiritual First Aid, which is an online course that teaches peer-to-peer spiritual and emotional care and trauma-informed best practices. So if you're looking to learn more about how to care for others, this is a great online course for you. This preview I'm about to share is Jamie, and he is talking about how people are made up of five core components and how supporting one of these areas actually impacts others. And at the heart of spiritual first aid is what we refer to as blessed CPR. And blessed CPR, and we'll explain where each of these uh, letters in the acronym come from in just a moment, but it's really the heart of what we do to help others provide spiritual emotional care that it's providing these basic frameworks for how to provide support. And it gets its first part of its name, the BLESS comes from the five BLESS core needs. And these are the five needs that our research has shown that when they go unmet, they're very likely to cause high levels of distress. It's also important to recognize that they're all interconnected. So you see here that we have the biological needs, livelihood, emotional, social, and spiritual. So the biological, for example, would be our our physical needs or our health and wellness. Livelihood largely is economic needs. This might be employment or having problems at work, emotional being our mental health, social, our relationships, our need to belong, feel in a sense of community, and then our spiritual needs, our connection with God and with, with our faith. And all of those are interconnected. And you can kind of think of them a little bit like a Rubik's Cube, right? And that you are probably thinking to yourself, Jamie, you know, very few people come to me with just one problem. In fact, I've had some people come and they've got a problem probably for every tile. We know that that can feel overwhelming. But what Blessed CPR allows us to do is instead of trying to fix everything at once, is to focus in on what's that most pressing need. And then what happens when we push on that need? It shifts the whole part of the puzzle. Or in this case, it impacts all of that person's needs at once in a holistic way. In the talk, Jamie and Kent go on to share about how your church can train your volunteer teams with basic skills, but these skills can cause transformation within your church community. It's a talk you're not going to want to miss. I'm also honored to have Rich Velodez. He is pastor at New Life Christian Fellowship in New York City. And Pastor Rich is no stranger to the pressures on individuals and for leaders to be all things to all people. And in his talk, he addresses Sabbath keeping as a mental health practice. So often our society celebrates exhaustion or there is a hustle culture that we're just trying to keep up with. And we've created this mindset or these lifestyles that have no space for rest. And so the information and tools that Pastor Reach offers are perfectly timed for what we are facing today. Sabbath is a day that moves us from production to presence. Our lives are often so dominated by production. What can we accomplish? Efficiency. 
And those things are really important. But Sabbath reminds us that we are invited to be present, present to God, present to ourselves, present to our neighbors. It's important to know that people take Sabbath sometimes because they think, oh, this is going to make me more productive. And while that is absolutely true and a byproduct of Sabbath, the reason why we keep Sabbath is not to be more productive. The reason we keep Sabbath is to resist the idol of productivity. We want to have lives that are marked by presence, not simply productivity. Oh my goodness. That's so good. This is a fantastic reminder of the importance of Sabbath and not because of what it can do for our project or for our bottom line, but that our identity and our value isn't dependent on what we do. So good. The next talk I want to highlight is with Daniel Whitehead, and he is CEO of Sanctuary Mental Health Ministries, and they build curriculum for small groups around the topic of mental health. Obviously, they believe that the church plays a vital role in supporting mental health and well-being in every community. Those who have struggled with disability, be it mental health or physical, are often ignored or they're silenced or they're belittled and even cast out in many churches, historically and even today. However, when you think of the endurance and the fortitude and the faith that one must develop when they struggle and yet they choose to press on, I would consider those people, those who carry on despite the struggle, as champions of faith, as wise and as skilled and as someone to be listened to and someone to learn from. But I think Daniel says it best in his talk about how the church can come alongside and be listeners to those who are seeking recovery. People who have learned how to flourish in the midst of a mental illness have had to be very intentional about what they do and what they don't do, what they give their time to, what they don't give their time to, and who they give their time to and who they don't give their time to. If we can slow down and listen well to those in our communities that have chosen or have been forced to walk a different path, maybe a slower path, maybe because of an enforced mental health challenge or a difficult time, that's caused them distress. If we can slow down and listen well, not only will this person be given the best of recovery and true healing, which is ultimately to be restored relationally to God, self, others, and creation. But if we do give them time to recover and heal, we might learn a few things too. Things about who we are as people and things about who God is and how he calls all of us to walk with him. So often we hear about mental health just from a biological perspective, or maybe if it's solely a theological perspective. But in Daniel's talk, I love it that he brings these all together. He explores mental health from a biological, a psychological, social, and spiritual perspective. And I love that he offers tips on how you can care for the mental well-being of both yourself and your community. Have you ever been in a workshop and where someone has asked a question and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I was thinking of the same thing. I'm so glad they asked. Well, Danny Chia is a child psychologist and a champion behind the hashtag don't pray it away movement. And he has organized his talk this year around this very thing. And Danny is located in Australia and frequently travels to different churches and organization offering talks and training. And for the summit this year, he took all of the most frequently asked questions that he has gathered 
and he answers them in his sessions. Now, Danny has been a part of all three summits, and he is known for his workshops or his sessions. They are packed with super practical strategies. And this year, thankfully and wonderfully, this year is no different. His talk is titled Frequently Asked Questions from Church Leaders. And I love, I absolutely love his response to the question asked, when and how should someone get help? This is a very common question that I get um, in uh, my interactions with different ministry leaders over time. So mental health issues generally relate to things that affect our thinking, feeling, and behavior to the point where it affects our functioning, our ability to relate to people, so our relationships. Um, it can sometimes affect our physical health, like our eating, our drinking, our sleep, for example. And there really isn't um, a, a really one-size-fits-all rule around getting help for mental health difficulties. Firstly, it's really important to know that there's no perfect way to have a conversation. So don't be too picky or trying to find a perfect environment or trying to get all your words right before you talk to someone about their mental health or indeed speaking to someone about getting help for yourself in terms of your mental health challenges. The analogy I often use is a little bit like um, thinking about uh, how we would approach the use of a life jacket. In At a time when we need help, we will grab onto a life jacket and put it on um, and use that as part of our survival. Similarly, seeking help uh, from someone around uh, mental health difficulties or getting help for their mental health difficulties it's a little bit like putting on a life jacket. Um, we, we shouldn't be too concerned about the color, the size of, of, of the life jacket. Similarly, in terms of not getting too caught up in terms of the perfect setting or the perfect context to have these conversations. The other thing to realize is sometimes through this journey, we may have to give it a few goes. Sometimes um, when you try and express your needs to someone, the person you speak to might not get it the first time, might, might need to kind of uh, have a few goes and even do practical things like sometimes writing things, things down to then be able to help us communicate uh, our needs more clearly. There's a whole range of people that we might approach to get help for mental health difficulties, starting from someone you trust, so a family member, a friend, um, but, then, but then the next step is looking at um, health professionals such as your general practitioner, a counsellor, a, a, a mental health clinician, a psychologist or a psychiatrist, or a whole range of other uh, different professional help available depending on where you might be. So it's really important for us to um, understand, uh, first of all, that it would be um, the, the first step really is um, seeking and reaching out for help from someone that you trust. And then, um, and if you are that person that someone has entrusted with getting help, then supporting them through that journey of trying to get them to, to write help. There, there may be things that you will be able to help them with through your own experiences or uh, through very practical means that you have, but also knowing where your limits might be, including the need to actually get help uh, from a professional. And while there's no kind of um, black and white rule around it, some of the principles relate to, first of all, your own capacity. How are you managing yourself in terms of your own self-care? Um, what, what, uh, what do you feel you're able to actually cope and manage with and being clear to yourself about what, where, what those limits are and be able to then, to then communicate those uh, limits and boundaries to the person they're supporting? And it doesn't mean that you're being mean or rigid or un unhelpful, but it's really being... Um, realistic and practical around setting healthy boundaries to then be able to help someone and support them in getting the help that they need. 
A key theme that I have been hearing many times as I previewed the talks is this theme that churches and ministry leaders are first responders. Danny speaks about this in his talk, but many others also address this or allude to this in their talks. And another one that I want to point out is Kobe Campbell. Now, Kobe is a powerhouse around faith and mental health. She has this incredible ability to bring together or pair together a challenge with such incredible grace. It's like she calls you out (laughs) and then you thank her for it because it's so amazing. (laughs) Her talk is surrounding the topic of suicidality. And if we see the church as a first stop for many people, then it's really important for ministry leaders to know how to approach the topic of suicidality. I was hosting my church's uh, mental health small group, and one of the first questions I received was about suicide. I was asked, do those, or I wasn't asked, someone else asked me, do those who die by suicide miss out on heaven? Do they go to heaven or hell? And is having suicidal ideation or thoughts of suicide a sin? And if I received this question in my first week of my first time leading a small group, then I can, I think I'm pretty sure I can safely assume that you too have received this question or maybe even asked yourself this question. Many of us are in faith, church, denominational traditions that dismiss the idea of suicidal ideation. Many times the question we want to ask is what happens when someone commits suicide? Are they going to hell? Is something bad happening to them? Could you be in God's will and still commit suicide? We have so much theological focus on the thing that God is not focused on in scripture. And so I I hope that this reorients us and I hope this gives us a new perspective of leadership. Why? Because in this time, all the examples that we have of suicidal ideation in scripture are from leaders, not just leaders, but from people that we consider to be heroes of our faith. We often forget that. But then when we have pastors, bishops, elders, apostles in our present day church, if they express suicidal ideation, somehow it's a, it's a lack of faith. Somehow it's a moral failing. Somehow you're just not close to God. Something's wrong. You need to confess something. But that's not what we see in scripture. So we, we really need to ask ourselves, where are we getting these ideas and these ideals from? And are we inviting people who have been blessed, trained, anointed to speak into these issues into places in the church where they need to be so that they can help the body in this space. Oh my goodness. Am I right? Isn't it amazing how Kobe is able to call you out and yet you're wanting more. You're wanting more from her. And Kobe goes on in her talk and she brings scripture context to the topic of suicidality and equips you as leaders to reorient your view and as well as it offers encouragement if you, as a, as a leader, struggle with uh, suicide thoughts too. And the final speaker that I want to highlight is Dr. Diane Langberg. Now, oh, she is a, talk about powerhouse. She is globally recognized as a leader and trainer on trauma and abuses of power. And I was incredibly honored to have interviewed her for the summit. Our conversation was focused on how leaders can lead healthy organizations and how they can tend and care for those in their community who may have experienced abuse of power within the church. Right at the outset of our talk, Dr. Langberg identified what power is or identified power in the context of a ministry leader. Because so often I hear the language used to describe those in ministry as that it's a position of service. You are in service to others or you're in ministry 
ministry is an offering. And yet at the same time, these are pastors and leaders and they're in positions of authority. So this dynamic can feel really complex. Yes, uh, and leaders often feel powerless when they're not. Um, so it gets confusing for many people. I, I think the first thing is just a basic definition, which is power means the ability to have an impact. And one of the things I say at the very beginning of the book is if you bring a newborn home, home and you go to bed because you're exhausted and three in the morning, the, the newborn cries, two, two adults fly out of bed. <laughs> That's power. <laughs> They don't want to get up. They get <laughs> up. And so it's part of the image of God in us. He gave us power. Hmm. But that power, of course, was uh, from him and was to be used in ways that he taught us and was to look like him and, and care for others as he did. And obviously it's gone awry. Hmm. So we have human beings of all kinds, with all kinds of power, oftentimes no awareness that they have any, and right. sometimes very aware that they have it and using it for their own satisfaction or their own accomplishments or whatever. A whole bunch of people are in the middle. <laughs> they don't really understand the power they have. They know they have some. They're very aware when they don't and things like that. And so it's a very foggy area. And uh, it's, it's done a lot of damage in the church. Something that is part of the image of God in us has often been used to hurt people. Dr. Langberg and I carry on our discussion on abuses in power. And she answers how people can use power to defend and protect others, as well as what are the signs of a healthy power dynamic within, within an organization. This is a session that you're not going to want to miss because Dr. Langberg, every time she speaks, she offers so much wisdom. Well, I hope this little preview gave you a taste of the incredible sessions that are offered at the Church Mental Health Summit. These ones alone are worth registration. It's free, for goodness sakes. But really, honestly, each session is incredible and power-packed, and I know you're going to get so much out of it. Uh, the workshops are only 15 to 20 minutes long, and they are focused on offering you practical tools and strategies and resources that are you're going to be able to use in your very next conversation. And they'll equip you to support mental health or help you support the mental health of your team and of your congregation and your community. You can register for free at churchmentalhealthsummit.com and you can watch all the sessions on October 10th, World Mental Health Day for free. If you want to access the talks after the 10th, or if you want to use these sessions for staff or volunteer training, you can purchase an access pass for $79. And this is going to give you ongoing access to all the talks. Well, thank you so much. I look forward to connecting with you at the Church Mental Health Summit. Take care.